I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Hi, I'm Amy Smilovic, and I am the founder and creative director of Tibby, and I am having the pleasure of uh, interviewing today Arden Frank. And Arden, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Great. And I'm 23. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia currently, and I started my own business during the pandemic making tie-dyed masks. When did you start it exactly? So the pandemic, like, let's say there's an official start mark for the pandemic of mid-March. So when did you decide to start making masks? So when the pandemic started, I was actually in Israel working as a corporate social responsibility consultant. Mm -hmm. And in a matter of a week, I decided to pick up my life and leave because the world was falling apart as quickly as possible. And Mm -hmm. my support system had left Israel. And so I made an executive decision to come home after almost a year of being in the country. And when I got home, um, I picked up sewing again for the first time in two years. I studied fashion design at the University of Texas. And it was a very interesting journey for me. I always loved fashion, but I never knew exactly what I wanted to do in fashion. And I kind of feel like I chose fashion design over fashion merchandising, which were the two um, paths that they offer in the UT design program, just because I wanted to understand fashion from the ground up. I wanted to understand the core of the industry, kind of anticipating working with teams in the future. And then it ended up being one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. Like I had no idea what I was getting into. It it takes a lot. So when I got home and I started sewing again, um, after I designed my senior collection, I was like, I'm never touching a sewing machine ever (laughs) again. And um, people needed masks. You couldn't get masks. And so I just, I started sewing. I wanted to help people and it, it kind of blew up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so where do you, um, where do you see taking that now? Like if, if that, if that need uh, starts to diminish, where do you think your you will evolve your company into now? So uh, I, I definitely think that the need is going to diminish and diversifying my product offering has been something that I've thought about from the very beginning because mm-hmm. I never really wanted to start a business. Um, it really just fell into my lap. I'm so grateful that it did though, because it's really given me an opportunity to better understand my strengths and weaknesses as well. As and is it just my- you or do you have any employees? No, it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's just me working out of my house and Um, I work with my mom at her chemical company and she helps me with all of the shipping and 
that's been really great. <laughs> and how are you doing things like how are you billing clients and or, you know, collecting payment and all of that kind of stuff? So it's all online through Squarespace. Mm -hmm. I do yep. custom orders um, like directly through Instagram and I do that through Venmo, but I'm actually working to switch over to Shopify. One of my mm -hmm. really good friends helped me develop my website initially and she was more proficient in Squarespace. So I started with Squarespace and quickly realized that I needed to be on Shopify and am now really focusing on transitioning there. And let me, I want to ask you some questions that actually I get asked all the time from young entrepreneurs who DM me. But so at what point did you decide that you're going to have a company and go out and register yourself as a company? And what kind of company did you register yourself as? So I'm still in the process of that because um, when I started this, it was, it was really hot and it's slowed down a bit now. And mm -hmm. so to kind of answer your previous question in this one and one, when I, when I am going to register, I'd like to register as an LLC mm -hmm. um, as opposed to a sole proprietorship, mm -hmm. but I'm still trying to figure out what my revenue stream in the next year is going to look like. And, and if it's really worth um, doing that, because if this is going to turn into my side hustle, which I anticipate, it becoming and I really see myself getting into um, one of a kind high end hand dyed hand embroidered pieces, mm -hmm. making things really unique, um, and kind of more of a passion project. I, d I don't really know that there is a need to register. But you know, I hope that people like what I'm doing, because I, I really try to do everything with authenticity. And, um, you know, when I designed in college, I always said I would never design anything that I wouldn't wear myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the way I dress. I like my style and a lot of people seem to agree with that. So, you know, hopefully this continues in the right direction and it will make sense for me to file for LLC. So are you just kind of right now kind of taking this day by day like you're not sure yet if the end objective is that you say okay this was a good journey and now I'll go work for another company or this was this is a good journey and I'm gonna like solidify it and set it up and everything I definitely would like to go work for another company I'm in the process of the job hunt right now I think this has been a really good learning experience for me but I am really interested in sustainability as a lot of people are right now but I feel like I started learning about it four years ago before it was as hot as it was as it is now yeah. and um, I always said that I wanted to learn the industry learn the flaws the ins and out of it become an expert and then start my own company free of all of these flaws and so I kind of want to take that time and owe it to myself. I owe it to myself to explore that and then know that this is already here for me. And if I've done it once, I can do it again. And I have a bit of a foundation. Yeah, I think that's really important. I always tell people that um, I think one of the things that you learn from working for another company or from multiple companies is you're not just physically learning like a tradesman, you know, what 
physically needs to be done, but you are also learning from um, myriad types of bosses that you'll work for. You are learning to see how companies are run. Um, how does, you know, how does the need to have revenue come in impact the company's ability to pay their employees? And, you know, you're really, you know, if your aspirations long-term are to come back and, and run your own company, it's, you know, it's running a company is so much more, uh, to be so much more than designing a product or, you know, an IG live, there are so many different, um, things that go into every day with, you know, when you're trying to manage a really large team and even managing a couple of people when you have some experience and when, especially if you've, you know, I had the luxury of working for American Express and, and Ogilvy. And so I kind of saw how companies who have the best team leaders and, the, and are really like top notch in their field, how they do things. And so it's about learning the, trade but then it's also learning the skill of of running a company and getting the best out of people um so really you know and i tell people too like even if your next job is waitressing or something like that you're not it's you're not dividing your time you're learning customer service and how people react when they're told no or that something's going to be late like you know i use my waitressing all experience all the time at Tibby, oddly enough, you know, and um, so I think whatever that next step is for you, you're going to be able to glean a lot. And I love, personally, I love hearing when people do want to go and do uh, some more jobs before running their own company, because I think having, I'm, the one thing I am so grateful of is having you know, around nine years of experience working for other companies under my belt before starting my own company. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have a lot to learn and I'm ready to go be a sponge. I, I knew nothing about, um, I mean, I have a background in fashion and I went to an Israeli workplace to learn corporate responsibility consulting. So I I love to just be in new environments and, and work with teams and interpersonal skills are so important. And I did have an assistant at one point and it is a lot to manage. And I think that I would just like to go and and have the opportunity to observe and to learn and to see how it's done correctly, but also really be able to pick out what I don't like about it, you know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Culture-wise, particularly, which seems phenomenal at Tibby. (laughs) Um, you know, it is and it isn't for some. And that's, you know, that's what you learn too, is you definitely can't please everyone. And, um, and you really have to find the right people and and figure out what is right for your company. And, um, and it's not, it's not easy. And you have to be comfortable with knowing that not everyone's going to love you all the time at all. Um, But, you know, I think that if you um, if you really are doing things out there with that goal of, of starting your own company one day, I think really discovering um, more about yourself is, is really important because I even feel at Tibby, like things really couldn't get off the ground until I knew much more about myself. And, and that takes time. Do you think being a mother helped you really come into that with Tibby? 
I think that when you, um, you'll see when you, when you go out there and you have children and things like that. I mean, I know that I tend to love hiring people with kids because they are super focused and, mm-hmm. um, and it does help also with, you know, certainly with empathy and things like that, because, you know, it just, but, but I would say any life experience helps you with that. And there was this interesting uh, statistic I was reading on the number of um, prime ministers in London who had lost their uh, mother by age like eight. And it was something like 68% of all of them had had a tragic loss at a young age. And so I think that, yeah, we don't all need to have an important relative die in order to go on and be successful. But I think that the the bottom line out of it is that having some very big momentous experiences under your belt do help you build character and awareness about yourself. And, um, and so I think that, you know, being open-minded about your next journey is really key um, to, to your success. And, and I always, you know, when I interview someone and they're able to tell me the next 12 things they are going to do in a row, I'm like, okay, all right. You know, you know, it's like you are really setting yourself up for some unhappy days because when things don't go then exactly as you plan, then you have lots of failures and then maybe you're upset because you've had all these failures. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good to plan and, and good to be strategic, but it's really interesting that you say that because normally I, I'm i a very go-with-the-flow person, and I think that's, you know, one of my strong suits. I I am very nimble, and I'm very able to quickly adapt and to learn, but I've also kind of learning that I do need to have a bit more strategy and, and a bit more direction and um that's yeah, why I feel like starting a business was kind of a blessing for me because it's it's helped me strain that out a bit. And I'm not usually big on New Year's resolutions, but being more strategic is up there for me this year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I know at Tibby, one of the things that was this bright spot that came out of the pandemic was we really narrowed our objectives, our goals of the company down to three things. And so, and we did that because we've got, you know, 39 people. I'm like, we, there's three things here that we can accomplish and we can't accomplish more. And so what it allowed us to do was really give ourselves permission to say no to a lot of things. It made us so that whenever we were really interested in doing something that we constantly are looking at you know, does it help us to get to these three goals? And then if it really was so important, but it doesn't help us to get to the three goals, should there be a fourth goal in mind? And so you really have concrete things to make decisions against. And so I think when you talk about strategy, it really, you know, sometimes your strategy can be to just kind of really know like what the destination is, where you want to end up. Um, but you know, if you want to end up in Miami, there's probably, you know, 70 different ways you can travel to get there. And, um, and so, you know, it's constantly though, making sure that you end up in Miami and not in Los Angeles. And so that, you know, strategies that are all 
geared towards a con, you know, a very focused end goal is really, really helpful to do. Which is interesting because I also normally don't put all my eggs in one basket, but I feel like in my job hunt, I've really been focused on two to three companies and, and no more than that because I don't want to spread my energy too thin. I think if, I mean, I guess from a, from a job hunting perspective, you know, that, that could be an interesting strategy. I, what I would encourage you to do though, is to think about what the skill sets are that you want to become great at, uh, in, in running a company later on. And also, you know, if you start to laundry list that it might open your eyes up to some other companies that you hadn't considered before. And, that. you know, cause I'm like my son, he has no, the one that goes to Texas, he doesn't know what he wants to do yet, but I'm like, you know what, if I were his age, I'd probably try and get a job at Chick-fil-A, you know, <laughs> I probably, I would probably just go in there and just start like watching the hell out of how they manage, how they get that team to like get everything done so quickly, so smoothly. Like, you know, really these companies that are known for like being unbelievable at management, uh, kind of watching what they do. And, and obviously like he has no, when he talks about being an entrepreneur, it's not that he wants to do anything that has to do with fried chicken sandwiches, but Chick-fil-A is about the management. It's not about the sandwich. And so you know, when you think about that skill set that you want to have for running your own business, I would really encourage you to like really take it to a top level and then find companies that are the best at that. I like that approach, you know, because a lot of times when people, you know, you get the typical advice in the job hunt, make a make a list of companies that you want to work for, but this narrows it down a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, even whether it's watching a BG's documentary or, you know, reading, you know, a book like another one that I always love is like David and Goliath and Outliers, any of the Malcolm Gladwell yes. books. Yes. So good. Right. And um, I love him. Yeah. So like all of those, um, all of those things feed into, you know, your set of learning and, um, like, do you, did you feel like you, like, I would think for you having gone to Israel and everything that that was such a risk taking move. I mean, you must have picked up a lot of skills there as well that you'll be applying to your business one day. Absolutely. But also I, I really do see myself at a company that maybe is not an expert yet in their sustainable practices, but is really starting to culminate them. And mm -hmm. being in the position of an analyst, I feel gives me the advantage of knowing how to research and present findings and really dive into narrow subjects and, and find solutions and then also be able to follow them through to see how those are achieved or not achieved. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that, um, you know, with any of those companies that you choose to go with, hopefully you will have the opportunity to work for someone who is a really good communicator because, you know, once you, once you learn those physical skill sets, 
then your challenge with having your own company and and being successful with your brand is going to be in your ability to communicate who you are to the public and then communicate what you want to be to your team so that they're all working towards the same objective, you know? Um, and so even what I'm saying is even if you don't learn the trade of the, of the sustainability um, components you are wanting to like pick up and hone in on, even just learning how to really present and communicate uh, for some of these companies is going to be very valuable to you as well. Okay. You know, there's so much you can do online for learning right now too. You know, it's like incredible oh what gosh. resources are available. It's overwhelming. It's hard to sift through it all. It is. And so, you know, I'm just saying worse comes to worse, you know, you can really tackle a lot of, a lot of the sustainability learnings probably in an online manner and then be, you know, furthering your yourself, even working for just a regular good company, just learning how to communicate, how to put together a presentation, how to present it, how to sell yourself, how to convince people that they want what you are promoting to them. Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and join us so you can tell your story.